everyone. This is Linda Burton. And this is Leslie Bracero with Let's Talk. There we go. <laughs> we have a lot to talk about today, Linda. <laughs> yes, we do. Hey, I did another podcast uh, earlier this week on Generation Generation, and we were talking about sex. And it made me think of you. How did it make you think of me? I'm wondering. <laughs> it made me think of you because we were talking about how sex is wonderful and great when you're married and how it's pure and just, you know, intimate and close. But it's better to wait until you get married to have sex. And nowadays we usually don't do that. And I thought of you because you did. And I really, truly admire and respect that. And I wanted to bring it to this show of how you decided to wait to get married before you start having sex. And um, it was at an older age. Yes. So, so I want you to share your experience. Okay, absolutely. I'll share my life's journey and it's gonna go back to when I was a little girl and this is gonna really date me, but one of the things that my grandmother told me when we were growing up, um, this was her sex talk, the birds and the bees talk. She said, if he loves you, he'll wait. Mm. And um, why buy the cow when you can get the milk for free? Now that was the extent of my sex ed at home. So you know that really dates me, but that stayed with me. And growing up and going through high school and things like that, my conversation would always go back to when I was dating um, different guys. Used, my grandmother said, if you love me, you'll wait. And they would look at me like, okay, how long do I have to wait? Well, they waited. <laughs> <laughs> and they continued to wait. And um, I, it was not easy. I'm gonna be honest. I'm gonna tell the truth and be as transparent as possible. Um, in my different relationships with boyfriends, it was not easy because naturally you want to experience that but in the back of my mind my grandmother said if he loves you he'll wait i buy the cow if you can get the milk for free so i would say hey my grandmother told me you are not supposed to be giving up the goods until you get married well that was sometimes in a lot of cases it was a deterrent and then in other cases that was it was something that the men did the young men admired um, but I was not ready for marriage. I was engaged a couple of times. And in my heart, I knew that it was not the right season for me to marry. Um, I wasn't ready and I don't feel like those were the guys that I was supposed to marry. So naturally I did not marry them. But it wasn't until I met the man that I'm married to now, which was many, many, many years later, um, I married and that's when I first experienced having a relationship with a man in that regard. Um, I was 43 when I got married, so I was a virgin for all of my life. <laughs> and that was one of the things that I told my husband at the time, my boyfriend then, or the man I was seeing at the time, I said, well, I'm just gonna let you know I am a virgin and I'm not going to sleep with you. Is that gonna be a problem? And he, at first his initial reaction was yes. And I said, oh, well, I guess you're not the one because I'm not going to sleep with you until I get married because I feel very adamant in my heart that I wanted to give that as a gift to my husband. Um, I felt that sex and intimacy was something that was a gift. It was a gift to be given and it was a gift that the Lord gave me. And I felt that my 
treasure to him was to be my body in that light. And I'm very, very, very glad I waited. Um, again, and I'm gonna be honest to all the ladies out there, it wasn't easy. It was not easy. And I'm glad I waited though. I'm glad I waited. Okay. What do you feel like the hardest part was? Well, the hardest part naturally was the desires. When you're in a relationship with someone, um, the desire for that was very present, was very evident. And um, especially when you find yourself alone with the person, whether it be at a movie or perhaps you'd go back to your house and you guys talk and, you know, one thing, one conversation led to another and it always stopped there because I knew in my heart that I did not want to um, have sex before I got married. And I'm gonna tell you, I became a Christian early on in my life. And that was the strongest thing that kept me was that I made a vow to the Lord that I would keep my virginity until I was married. So I had in one ear, my grandmother, why buy the cow when you get the milk free? And then the other ear was the voice of the Lord saying, wait because this is to be a gift to be given. And that is what kept me, even in those challenging, tempting times. And I knew that if this man was to be the man for me, he would not push me to do something that was against my convictions. And in most cases, um, that was the thing that was the deal breaker. I felt like, okay, mm -mm, you can't honor this vow that I made to God, then I know you're not gonna honor you're not going to honor me as a wife if you were to marry me. And my husband now, we have had conversations like that, you know, after being married. And I shared with him my desire was to be a virgin when I married. And my desire was to keep myself in that respect because I wanted to only experience that with my husband. I've heard so many different stories of women who have had, young women, my friends included, who have had relations. And I'm not judging anybody because everybody's walk is different. But one of the things that they shared with me was that they wish, wish they had waited. And I could say that as, um, I could say, well, I'm glad I did. Because sex is very intimate. And it's, and it's not just the physical aspect, but it's also the emotional aspect. It's the spiritual aspect because you become one with that person. And I did not want to become one with someone that I knew would not honor, honor me mm -hmm. in that respect. So it was, it was um, a choice that I'm very glad I made. I love my husband dearly and I know he loves me. He's a good man for me. He, he naturally is a lot older than I am. And I think that's what helped me because I saw him as a protector. Um, he respected me as a woman. He respected my values and my vow. And I knew that if he respected my relationship with God, because he too is a Christian and he respected my relationship with God, I knew he would respect my desire to remain abstinent until that night. And I'll say this, that night, we, my first night of having intimacy, it was very, it was, oh, it was comfortable. I didn't feel awkward. I didn't feel all like, oh, don't look at me. Cause in my mind, I thought I was gonna have all those experiences, all those feelings, don't look at me. Oh no, I'm naked, blah, blah, blah. It was nothing like that. He honored me. 
and he was very gentle with me and it was it was beautiful it was very very beautiful the next question I have for you is what of hearing other people in a relationship um, I'm sure you hear like their dates and different things like that what makes theirs different from yours when you were dating when I was dating what made my experiences different from theirs well I think really it boils down to a choice every every person is different every person's convictions are different and the circle of friends that I had, and I still have, majority of them are Christians, and they were Christian women. And most of my friends were married. So when I had um, conversations with them, their advice to me was, Leslie, just wait. It's not, it's not something you have to do, just wait. Because if he loves you, he will truly wait. And they counseled me like, okay, Les, what is this guy like? Tell me a little bit about him. And I would say, well, he does this, he does that. And it was all about the physical things that he would do for me. And they would ask me questions that were questions that hit me in the heart. What does he do for you spiritually? Is he honoring your relationship with God? Um, is he encouraging you to grow? Does he take you away from church? Does he take you away from spending time with God? Because if he does those things, does he put you down about your convictions? If he does those things and he's not the one. And those were some hard questions because I truly like those guys. I thought, oh, wow, they do, they do this, they do that. And I felt like, you know, why are you stopping my happiness, so to speak? But there was a lot of truth in those questions that they asked me. And those questions helped me to take a hard look at myself. And when I met Angel, and that's the name of my husband, his name is Angel. When I met him, there was something very, very different about him. And I'm going to say this, Angel's been married before and he has children and he, he has grandchildren. Like I said, he's older. And one of my deal breakers as a single woman growing up, young single woman, oh no, you can't be married. I've never been married. Blah, blah, blah. I had all my lands. I had a list as long as my arm about what you can't do. And I remember someone saying, Leslie, you can't have all these stipulations that you yourself can't keep. So it caused me to look at Angel in a different light. His approach to me was different. He was very respectful when we were dating. He didn't even try to kiss me. If he wanted to kiss me, he'd kiss me on my forehead. And it was just very comforting to me that I knew I couldn't, I felt safe. I didn't feel like I had to, um, I had to do anything to keep his attention or keep his love or keep his admiration for me. It was just genuine. We were friends first and we would laugh and he would come to church with me and we'd talk about the Lord and we'd talk about our experiences um, as Christians. And it was, it, that was the basis. And we were able to grow off of that. And when he proposed to me, I'm gonna be very honest, my mind was going to say no because I said I'm not going to do. I, I'm just not ready for marriage. I can't. I just. I can't. I don't want to do it. This is not what I want. And I specifically remember because he wanted me to take off from work on my birthday. He said I want to take you somewhere for your birthday, and I'm like okay. So I called in and I took a personal day, and my uh, good friend called me that day to wish me happy birthday, like she always did. She always called me on my birthday that early morning. She said. What you gonna do? I said, well, Shantae, I believe that um, 
Angel's gonna propose to me. And she said, well, what are you gonna say? I said, I honestly, I don't know. I wanna say no, but I can't because he's so kind to me. And she said, well, why would you wanna say no? I said, and I didn't wanna admit it, but I, I was scared. I was scared about the aspect of marriage. I was scared about the aspect of sex because <laughs> I didn't know how I was gonna act, you know? And um, we went out. We went out for my birthday, took me downtown to Chicago, showed me a beautiful time. And lo and behold, he did propose to me at the Art Institute. I looked around and I looked down and he was on his knee and he had a ring in his hand. And he was like asking someone, take a picture of this, take a picture of that. And I'm like, oh my lands, I don't want anybody to see this. I don't want anybody to see that. I'm gonna tell him no. I don't want to embarrass him. <laughs> but I couldn't say no. I couldn't say no. Just in my heart, I knew he was the one. And um, I felt safe in that decision. And I was so glad to have godly people around me to celebrate that and to celebrate the choice of being married because so many young women and me as an older woman, so many women settle and I did not want to settle because I was older. You know, I lived my life, I traveled, I bought a home, I did all those things that society tells you you need to do before you get married. And, um, and I was happy being single, so to speak, but I really wasn't because my heart's desire was to be married. So when he proposed and when I said yes, I knew that it was going to be a, a journey of getting to that place of just truly making that decision because I've been down that road. Like I said, I've been engaged before and I've been down that road that I would say yes. And then two, two months down the road, I was looking for a way to get out. But this one, I could not look for a way to get out. I didn't want to get out. I didn't want to get out with Angel. He was a good man. So my thought in my advice, so to speak, to young women is, and I don't want to sound old fashioned, I'm just going to tell you the truth, like, because the Lord loves the truth. If he wants to marry you, or if he hasn't shown any um, respects of marrying you, then, then move on. Because you don't want to give away something as precious. And sex is precious. It's a gift. It's not just something we see on television. You fantasize and you see everybody rolling in the bed, in and out of bed with different uh, different people. No, it's not that. It's an intimate exchange. It's an intimate exchange, not only of your physical bodies, but it's an intimate exchange of you as a person. You become one with that person. Mm -hmm. And that person knows you. And intimacy says into me, see. They <laughs> they're seen into you and you're seen into them and that's a very vulnerable place and i could not be vulnerable with just any and everybody and i'm very thankful for angel because i can be myself with him um i don't have to be a sex kitten and all dress all whatever whatever to to satisfy him you know we satisfy each other we satisfy each other physically and we satisfy each other emotionally and um, I enjoy his company and he enjoys mine. We laugh, we, we do things that, um, that I enjoy and I'm glad. And I think he enjoys too. <laughs> I hope he enjoys, he's stuck with me for the rest of his life. Cause I said, we are not getting a divorce. I don't care how much we argue, we're not getting a divorce. But um, I would say wait, 
because it is a gift. Don't just give it away to anybody. Just be calm. <laughs> and if this is something you want, you wait for the man to find you. Don't go looking for him because the Bible says he that finds a wife. And I know folks will be like, oh, girl, she's so old fashioned, but it's true. <laughs> that finds a wife, finds a good thing. It does not say she that finds a husband is he that finds a wife. And if he loves you, he will wait and he will honor you. He will honor your commitment to remain abstinent until that day. Now for people that say, okay, even even if they did in the past and say, okay, from now on, I am going to wait. What are some things that you um, experience that can help them be out of situations? Like I know going on group dates instead of individual dates, you know, um, what are some other things besides that, that they can say, okay, you know what? I am going to start waiting. I, I do want to do it right. What are some other tips that you can give them ideas you can give them to help them wait you know what i mean like that's good linda and i think one of the biggest things one of my saving graces was having accountability you know being accountable to someone um i had i have a good friend that when i was a single woman um that i could call on and she knew me um she knew that i was seeing somebody and she'd say well leslie what's going on and just sometimes that talk would put the fear of God back in my heart. I felt like I was talking to my grandmother because, you know, there's certain types of questions that prick you and that prick you brings that conviction and that conviction caused me to kind of rein things in because like I said, it wasn't easy. So I believe having people that you can be accountable to, you can be vulnerable with, you can be transparent with. And I can even say about Linda, I mean, I was in a relationship, Linda, you know, that was not cool. And Linda had a way of asking me questions that would make me mad, but I, <laughs> I knew her, int her, her intentions were good for me. So if you surround yourself with people that have good intentions for you, that have your best interests at heart, I believe that is a saving grace because we can't do anything of this nature on our own. I mean, we learn from others and their safety in numbers so if you're gonna go out on a date, you know, hey, if you, it's probably best to go out with a group because you don't wanna put yourself in a compromising situation. Or if you can't go out on a group, call your best friend. Hey, Linda, I'm getting ready to go out on a date with so-and-so. I'm gonna call you when I get home. And if I don't call you when I get home, please call me and be vulnerable enough to say that so your friend can call you and you not get mad or press ignore because you know she's calling you for that. <laughs> <laughs> and your friend is going to be that type of friend that will do just that because they care about you. They mm -hmm. want what's right for you. And so if you feel that comfortability with that person, I say do it. I think it's very important to have people that you're accountable with. And most importantly too, if you are a Christian and you desire to do things in that respect, bring them to church with you. Let your pastor meet them. Let them put their eyes on them, you know? Um, hey, sometimes there's, there's, not sometimes, a lot of times, 
the people who are your overseers spiritually, they can see things that you don't see because you're looking through a rose-colored glass. You know, oh yeah, he's good looking. <laughs> and then your pastor will say, I don't think that's the one. And then don't get mad when they do because they know what's right. And if you don't have that kind of uh, safety net, just again, maybe you have family members that have your best interest, not just someone who's jealous and wants to keep you from being in a relation because they're single or whatever it is. And that's not always the case. But if that is, know their motivations and be honest. I think that is the key in everything. Be honest and be willing to be transparent. Don't hide because when you hide, we know when we hide, we're doing something we shouldn't be doing. <laughs> And I can speak to that because I used to hide too. And I knew what I was doing was wrong. Mm -hmm. But I kept myself because I knew for sure I did not want to cross that line because I felt the fear of God <laughs> in that respect. That's also the main thing is tell the person, be honest, saying this is what I want to do. If, if they haven't done it already, say now from now on, this, this, is, this is the change I'm making for myself. Yeah. and I don't want to do this anymore and they're in or out from that point and then the second part you said is accountability hold yourself accountable saying this is the commitment i'm making this is the promise i'm making or the the vows i'm making to myself of yeah. i want to wait now yes and then the other one was of doing it doing events with within the public eye not yeah behind closed doors, not privately. Like, it's probably better to go to the movies than watch the movie at home sometimes <laughs> on certain occasions and certain days, you know. Or, you know, the bedroom door is closed and it doesn't open until the person leaves, you know. Um, that's, that's good. Because you know yourself and you know your weaknesses and you know um, your desires. And, if, and I'm going to be honest. And there's a certain phase in our lives when our desires for that are a little stronger. So you might want to push back, you know, pull away from the table. You may not want to go on that diet, that date that night because, mm -hmm. you know, your body is craving for something else. So you have to know yourself. Yeah. Hey, you know what? Maybe we won't go out tonight and be okay. Be okay. Yeah. And then the last one is I know um, being engaged, a lot of people think it's okay. And, and that's the problem I know with, with my relationship of, of just being engaged. And engaged does not always mean it's gonna carry all the way through. And then you're like, okay, what happened? So what do you say about that of a woman that's engaged? How important it is to still wait? That is so true, Linda, because an engagement doesn't necessarily mean, it doesn't guarantee a marriage. I mean, because like you just said, even along the way, you might change your mind or that person might change their mind. And it'd be a horrible, devastating feeling that you have given yourself over to that person. And then they say, no, you know what? I don't want to be a part of this relationship. I don't want to be a part. I don't want to marry you anymore. What a crushing blow that would do to you. And it'll just take so much more effort to recover from that. So instead of putting yourself in a situation that's going to compromise your emotions and cause all kinds of dramatic feelings to rise up it's always best to just put the push the brakes put the pump the brakes a little bit put a pause on that and say hey you know what even though we're engaged we still have to stick to the same standard that we put together you know we have laid out together i know a couple that even chose not to kiss 
while they were dating and when they got engaged. Their first kiss was on their wedding day. And that's special. So you know yourself. And if this person is really someone that values you as a person, they're going to sit down with you and say, let's set up these things together so that we can we can honor each other because really it's about honor. Yeah. And you notice when you were engaged, you look at your relationship even deeper now. Like, yeah. like it wakes you up. Like if you were asleep before, you're up now because you're like, okay, I'm going to do with that forever. And I'm going to do with that forever. And is this, yeah. is this, is this what he's really like? It kind of wakes you up. And yeah. so you can say, okay, yes, I, you know, and be engaged with the person. But then, like, in my experience, I'm like, no, I'm sorry. <laughs> I, I thought I wanted to, but no, yeah. it wasn't It wasn't the right choice, you know, or you felt something. I felt something in my heart, like, no, I, I can't, I can't move forward. Yes, yes, yes. I've been there. I've been there. And I know that feeling very well. And it's devastating even to the other person, too. Mm -hmm. So, and I think... We see those signs early on, but we don't want to see them. Yes. So a lot of times we forge ahead with things because we feel like, oh, they're going to change. No, they're not going to change. And you're, if anything that changes, it's going to be you. In most cases, you're going to be the one that compromises, that settles, that's like, oh, wow. And then you look back and you're like, oh, my, what did I do? So instead of just going through all that kind of drama and putting yourself through that turmoil of regrets, questioning your decisions and your thinking, just, hey, follow that, follow that voice. And I say it's the voice of the Holy Spirit. Follow, follow those convictions. Like, mm -mm. just wait. It's not worth going through. It's not worth the devastation of the other end. I mean, you can recover. There's not saying there's no hope after that you can recover but why put yourself through that when you just wait now there's one other thing that i thought you said that was really important is if that's important to you of waiting or even if you had sex before and you decide now i want to wait i want to do what's right you know it's been aching on my heart going to church i hear it talking to the pastor hearing services and i really do want to wait now and your partner says no you know like we've been doing it why are we going to stop now if i feel like if he can't respect that change or the value to you then you it makes you relook at at your whole situation because i remember with me it was something really simple i always want to see the sunrise and i can't get up early in the morning. i can't get up early in the morning enough to see the sunrise i'm just not that you know type of person <laughs> but i really wanted to see it and i remember my husband came over early early in the morning like it was still dark outside <laughs> it took me forever to come to the door and we finally came to the door he goes i come to you know take you to and i knew he was coming you know, but he was like, I'm taking you to come see the sunrise, you know, and um, he was like, come on, you know, like, just let, let's just go. Don't worry about take a shower, get dressed, because he knew I was going to make a bed. And he helped me. He, he helped me get ready. He, I, um, my son, he helped, you know, and we went to go see the sunrise. 
And it was so gorgeous, Leslie. And to me, it was perfect. And the sun was just coming out just a tiny bit. The bling, of the, what is it? The um, rays. Yeah, the rays was coming out of it. And this was in, in, in our town. And he goes, no, no, you, you, that's not the whole beauty. No, we're, I want you to see it, like really see it. So then we went to the next town over. We, he got on, what is, I forgot what road is that, you know? And he went to the next town over to the beach. And same thing, he just like, for whatever reason, was just a little bit like, and so we went all the way to Zion. Wow. <laughs> and he was like, he goes, and, and when we got to Zion, because there's a, a long strip to get you to, to Zion faster. He goes, I'm not going to stop there. We went to... <laughs> <laughs> we went to Wisconsin. We crossed the border and found this place. And it was just pretty much by now, it was the same spot that it was when we started off in North Chicago. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. But I remember when he was driving super fast. I'm like, you gotta get a ticket. And you know how like, he's just like trying to beat the red light and stuff. Yeah, I'm yeah. like scared. You like, and I saw in his eyes and in his heart that. Even though, Linda, this is silly that you just want to see the sunrise, I see how important it is to you, and I want to help you get to your goal. I want to help you do it. And that's when I realized that's the man I want. That's the man I want to marry. That's the man, no matter how stupid or how small my vision is of just seeing the sunset because I'm just too lazy to get up. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know what I mean? That he came over early in the morning, you know, got me together, like, come on, let's go, you know. Me, um, got my son together and we left to go see the sunrise. And I'll never forget that driving so far just for that little thing that I just wanted me to do, which is not like a major thing that's going to change my life, but it did. That's beautiful, Linda. That's so beautiful. And I love that you said that because here he took the time out to find out what was important to you. Mm -hmm. What mattered to you, he made matter to him. You knew right then, he's the one. Mm -hmm. Because it seems like small maybe to someone else, but to you it was significant. Yeah. And he saw that as significant and he wanted to make that happen. I love that, I love that. And that speaks volumes to, to us as women. And not saying it's all about us, all about us, but if he finds, if that, that prospective person finds something that matters to you and they make that matter to them, that says a lot about them as a person. So that's beautiful. And that's why 28, almost 30 years later, you guys are still standing strong. Yeah. Because of that thing that matters to you, he made matter to him. And I know it goes by two ways, because I know you make things matter, things that matter to him, you make it happen for him too, because of your love for each other. Yes, it has to go both ways. Mm -hmm. Can't be one-sided. <laughs> Totter, and before you know, you know, it wears thin. Even cast iron wears thin, as my aunt used to say, and it's true. Yeah. So, well, I'm so glad that you shared this story, and and I really think people just needed to hear this. Um, we we always say this, or I always say this, and I know you agree. This is never about you should, or you have to, or you need to. This is just information on how you were blessed yeah. and how because you were blessed you want to share and say look you can be blessed too 
Yeah. And that's it. It's no more, no less than just your story, your experience. And we're just here sharing it with other people so they can know the um, different perspective of life of living. And that's my favorite word. So I love that, Linda. Very good. Thank you. Thank you for allowing me to share this part of my life. Okay, now we practice this high five. High five. Come on. You got it this time. Go on. <laughs> I like this one because I know for sure we're high five. <laughs> this way? Okay, I think we got it. Go to the edge. You're so silly. Okay, so say your famous quote. Life's lessons, laughter and love making relationships that last. And we certainly hope you got something from this. And if you really enjoyed what you heard today, please be sure to like that. Please be sure to subscribe to this channel so you can hear more, more testimonials, more stories, more perspectives on how people have uh, allowed certain circumstances and situations to come into their lives to make them who they are today. Yes. And if you have any questions or anything, feel free to leave a comment at the bottom and Leslie is going to respond to you. Respond. <laughs> so stay tuned for our next episode and have a wonderful day. Bye. Bye.